if you have your Bibles, let's open them, please, for just a moment to the book of Psalms, Psalms chapter 91, Psalms chapter number 91, and we'll look at God's Word here for just a moment and try to bring a message that's timely, Psalm chapter 91, and if you have a cell phone, if you'd be so kind not to just take it out of your hands, please don't prop it up in front of you. Uh, uh, it's, it's out of your hands, but you don't want it distracting. And so we're not watching sports at church. We're not texting people, uh, checking on eBay bids or whatever. It's God's word, God's honor, God's glory. So let's focus in on him and it'll be a blessing. Don't want any more teenagers talking during the service. If you can't sit next to certain people without talking, let's, let's move you uh, by tonight, okay? So Psalm chapter number 91, and let's look down at God's Word. I'll read aloud. If you'd like to just follow along, I'll just highlight some of these verses. Psalm chapter 91, and the Bible says, He that dwelleth, that means you live there. So you're not visiting, you live there. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. What in the world does that mean? It means you're spending time with God. No one sees it but you and Him. So it's not a public thing. It's a private thing. And God says, you, you spend so much time with me, you just kind of live there. Now, how many of you adults, maybe when you were a kid, you had a friend and you were at their house so much, somebody said, you might as well just move in. <laughs> so that's what God's saying. I want you spending so much time with me. People think you live in heaven. Isn't that good? And he says, he says, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. Notice all the my's. In him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, that's the devil, and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers. Now, we know God does not have feathers. You'll say, man, that's, that sounds strange. It's, a, it's a, a comparison, like a mother hen. And when the hawk flies over, the young little chicks run under the mother hen and are covered by her feathers. God says, when danger comes, you just run to me and I'll take care of you. Verse four, he shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Verse 9, Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. Verse 11, For he shall give his angels charge over thee, and keep thee in all thy ways. Verse 15, He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's a lot of promises right there. That would be a great chapter to just read and read and meditate on. 
I want to speak on this subject for just a few moments today. How to stay safe in an unsafe world. How to stay safe in an unsafe world. When we were kids, we would always play games. You know, we'd play tag and hide and go seek. And there was always a base. And when you could get to the base, you were safe. So where is safe today? Is there any place that is safe? That's what I want to speak on. Let's pray for a moment. Father, bless now thy word and pray that uh, we'd be focused to take in some things that we need. Uh, we live in such a uh, world of turmoil and our nation, our world. And uh, as we look at the news, it just seems like we don't even want to leave our houses sometimes. So I pray you'd calm us and uh, settle some things in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Many of our own fears may never happen, but they drain us. As we go into the holiday season or the Halloween season, uh, whether it's skeletons or uh, haunted houses or, or there's bodies on the ground and hands coming up out of cemeteries, it just seems like there's a lot of fear everywhere. It's on the movie theater, a lot of television shows, just a, just a lot of fear. We fear the future. We fear failure. Sometimes people's faces, rejection. Uh, there's a new one. I don't even know. You know. I'm just catching up this thing of FOMO. And of course, all you adults know what that means, FOMO. You say, yeah, is that the little record player and the needle comes down and you're hearing music? No, that's FOMO. But FOMO, fear of missing out. And so that's why we're always posting things. And I ate it. Uh, uh, in and out and now I'm getting a milkshake at in and out and, and, and so we're posting all these things and if you're not careful as you follow people here's all these posts it's like I'm missing out they're having all this fun and my life's so boring and just uh, uh, nothing fun ever happens to me and, and, and that's even a fear I'm going to miss out then we think about uh the Bible verse, it says, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. A lot of common fears out there. Speaking in public is one of the top. Needles. Dentists. I rode on the plane with a dentist recently. And I shouldn't have said, I just looked over and said, you know there won't be any dentists in heaven. <laughs> he, said, Do, he said, I'm a dentist. I said, I don't care what you are. Uh, there won't be any dentists in heaven. He said, why do you say that? I said, no one that causes that much pain is going to heaven. <laughs> and with the news today, you just ask, where is safe? With the borders being open, who is coming into our country unchecked? The main shooter this week. Maine is like the most laid back state that there is. That's where my wife's from. Hamas attacking the invasion. The other nations now firing at Israel. I mean, it's, it's all heating up over there. Now we're over there. What is safe? The carjackers. You drive your car somewhere and someone stops the car. A bunch of hoodlums jump in. Now they're driving your car off. The unrest between Russia, China. Our governor meeting with China. 
The pro games, man beat to death at one of the NFL games two weeks ago in the stands, jogging, and now you're missing, you're kidnapped. Camping, now a grizzly bear has you. You're on a movie set, starring in a movie, and you get shot and get killed during the rehearsal. Earthquakes, tornadoes, hurricanes, fires in Hawaii, paradise. Louisiana this week, 156 cars in one wreck. People killed, people maimed because of the fog. Evil people, businesses looted. Where is safe? Seems like almost anywhere you go that doesn't look dangerous, danger comes. We've all had unsafe moments. When I was six months of age, I ended up with pneumonia, got scarlet fever, strep throat. My parents were in the waiting room. The doctor came in. He said, he's going to die. You need to make funeral arrangements. 105 fever. He's worse. Now he's got pneumonia. Uh, He's not going to live. Come back tonight. I'll tell you the rest of the story. Did he live? (laughs) Since being in the ministry... I've been pushed down one flight of stairs, two guns pulled on me, one axe, bit by a pit, two pit bulls, one German shepherd, four car wrecks, and a SWAT team member put a little red dot on my forehead one time because of a misunderstanding. As I came out of the church, I said, don't shoot the pastor. We'd hit the wrong alarm that said we're being held hostage situation we're being held and the phone rang and they said identify yourself I said it's the pastor come out with your hands up and turn to the left and when I did three squad cars and they're aiming at me uh, yeah that was fearful (laughs) so what can you do what can you do you just stay at home and just hold a rifle and just peek out the window and order DoorDash the rest of your life Do you listen online to church the rest of your life? Do you tutor your own kids? Do you have Walmart deliver your groceries? What do you do? Do you find out you're half Indian and you get some benefits? I don't know. I don't know how you make it financially. I don't know how you do all those things. And we've got Indian blood in us right now. But I'm just saying, what do you do? Do you just crawl up in a corner? Well, God's got several things that we're supposed to do for safety. I want to just give them to you today. Number one, be surrounded by your hedge of authorities. Be surrounded by your hedge of authorities. The book of Job, Job chapter number one, it says that Satan was going to attack Job, the greatest Christian in the world. And the Bible said that Satan said to God, you have put a hedge of protection around him. I can't get to him. That word hedge translates head or authority. Jesus is called the head of the church or the leader of the church, the authority of the church. So Satan said, I can't get to Job because he's surrounded by his hedge. That each of us has a hedge of protection and it's our authorities. That's parents. That's teachers. Leaders. It's those, it's it's a boss. It's anyone that's an authority in your life. 
and safety is always in the middle of that hedge. Is anybody here? Maybe it's just me. I just kind of felt lonely right now. Hey, be a rebel. That's what I'm trying to say. But you want to be right with those authorities, wives with husbands, children with parents, follower with leader, employee with employer. You want to be right with them. It gives you a safety. It keeps you safe. It doesn't mean every authority is right, but you'll find people that are right with authorities. They're safer people. You say, Pastor, I don't even like what you're talking about here. Well, it's all right. I remember when I was in eighth grade, for some reason in Louisiana, and we set a record for education. We had the record. We were number 50 in education. Number 50. Someone said, used to, I couldn't spell graduate. Now I are one. So it was a very, very high standard of education. Our goal was not to learn. Our goal was to agitate the teacher. We didn't go to school. What can we learn today? It's what buttons can we push on our teachers today? I have one in particular named Mr. E.B. I'm not going to give you his last name. You'll Google it and find out probably he's, he, he's running North Korea now or something. I don't know. But I remember we walked into class with switch names. Ray, here. Johnson, here. He'd look, you're not Johnson, you're Ray. You're not Ray, you're Johnson. And, and his blood pressure started raising. About that time, he'd say, any questions? And we said his last name. I'm not giving it to you. Mr. and we'd say his last name. And we'd ask him some stupid question. He'd say, Ray, that's a stupid question. We got him so fired up, you're not going to believe it. He stood on the chair and stood on top of his desk and cussed the whole class out. I mean, he just lost it. Just, I hate you kids. I hate teacher. And then the bell rang. So we left. That was just one hour. We have five the next class. We got him on his desk. What can you do? And that was, <laughs> that's what we did. Well, one day in class, he said, Ray, I'm calling your dad. No one ever calls your parents. That evening, the phone rang. Landline. You know, about 10 feet of card. I answered it. Hello, can I speak to the father of Michael Ray. And I started to say, I am the father. Uh, uh. And my dad said, who is it, son? I said, dad, it's not really anybody you'd want to talk to. He said, give me that phone. And all I remember was, uh-huh, uh-huh. He did what? He said what? Okay, yes, sir. I will take care of that. I wish that it had the SPCA or child advocate or something back then because my dad took care of that the next day I came to class teacher how can we serve you <laughs> I know my name now I have smart questions now what happened I got back in the middle of that hedge 
The teens, I just want to tell you right now, you may not understand your parents, and definitely they're not perfect. You will be more blessed by God being right with them and not giving them a hard time than you will by bucking the system, rebelling, and breaking their heart. Because you're going to reap that. The Bible says, a foolish child is the heaviness of his mother. See, dad wants to kill you. Your mother wants to cry her eyes out. How did I fail? I've done the best I could. And it's mother that cries herself to sleep at night. Uh, when you give her that look or when you back talk or you'd rather be with somebody else and never spend a, a, a minute with parents. Look, 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 you want to work at that thing. Now, I know there's exceptions and there's a, a, a crazy people out there, but I'm just saying, a hedge gives you safety. It just gives you safety. Well, I can sneak around. My parents will never know. Now you're out from under the hedge. Now you have someone covering for you. Now I'm out from under the hedge. Now someone's lying for you. And, uh, and now, well, you're supposed to be here, but you told them you're here. And now you're covering something up. And, and then on the cell phones, and, and you've got the new screen. And, and they don't know who you're talking to and who you're meeting up with on the internet. And your life's a wreck. Where is safety? Safety is under being surrounded by your authority. Wives, you want to be right with the husband. Okay, this isn't going anywhere. Scrank down out. Don't ever preach out again. Okay, but that's number one. Number two, quickly. Be consumed with God's will. Ephesians chapter 5, the Bible talks about, but knowing, understanding what the will of the Lord is. Proverbs 21, 31 says, the horse is prepared for the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. Where does safety come from? It comes from Him. Here's what that means. When you're doing God's plan for your life, whatever it is, it may be you're supposed to grow up and be a, a, a doctor. Uh, you may uh, grow up and be a lawyer. Uh, hopefully someone in our congregation runs for president one day. And, and just uh, who knows what God has. Maybe a missionary, maybe a pastor. But whatever it is, get this. You are kill proof until you fulfill God's plan for your life. So, Pastor, where do you get that from? How do we know doing God's will is that safe? There was a prophet by the name of Elisha. And he was in a place called Dothan. And he was with a servant. And the enemy soldiers came and just covered the hillsides. They were coming to kill the prophet Elisha. And the servant said, Master... Look at the enemies. What are we going to do? Elisha prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes. And the servant opened his eyes and the hills were covered with the angels of God with their swords drawn, ready to defend him. You're kill proof until you finish why God made you. David was in a cave. 3,000 enemy soldiers trying to kill him from King Saul. Guess what? King Saul ends up going in the cave to sleep. The same cave David was in. David's man says, look at what God's done for you. God kept him safe. It was Joshua getting ready to walk around the, the walls of Jericho. The night before, he's walking around praying and he looks up and sees this great big tall man with his sword drawn and he says, are you for us? Or against us. And he said, I'm the captain of the Lord of hosts. We believe it was an Old Testament appearance of Jesus. He says, I've come to help you, Joshua. You're not going into this battle alone. 
He was there to protect him. God knows how to keep us safe. Three Hebrew children thrown in a fire and they were safe. Daniel put in a den of lions and he was safe. Let me remind you just real quick. There was an apostle named Paul and God says, you're going to go to Rome to bring the gospel to the world. But on the way there, guess what happened? He got stoned. He got beaten with sticks. He had to flee a city called Damascus in a basket over the wall. Then another time he was shipwrecked. Then he got bit by a poisonous snake. But God got him there. Safe until the will of God is fulfilled. Safe until God is finished with you. I have all these things in my back office. Sometimes people give me something. I'm so sentimental, I just can't throw it away. I got a block of wood that Brother Schulte signed. It's in my back office. We tore down the wall and Brother Schulte took a piece of two by four and signed it, put a date on it. I can't throw it away. So when I was having my neck surgery, they have that little blow-up machine. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's got the little ball and they say, and the little ball goes up. Do it 10 times. I saved that. It probably cost a dollar. He said, why'd you save it? My wife said, why are you saving it? Throw this clutter away. I said, it's a counseling tool. What? You use it in counseling? Yep. When people say, how do you know God can use me and still wants to use me? Blow on this machine. If you're still breathing, God wants to use you. You sure got a lot of germs on that thing. All the people have been blowing on it though. God's will, quickly. Safety, what helps us be safe? Be as close to God as possible. We just read the passage. He said, he said, he that dwelleth shall be under my feathers. You want to get as close to God as possible. Here's his promise, and I love it. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Amen. I like what Eli Reynolds or maybe his brother Bartlett said. You take one step toward God, and he takes all the rest of the steps to you. How do you get close to God? Get in your Bible. Make every church service. Spend time in prayer. Pour your heart out to Him. Get around Christians that are stronger than you. Serve the Lord. Do something for Him. Talk about Him. Uh, use your talents and abilities for Him. You just want to be so close to the Lord. No sin is between you. Like that old song, nothing between my soul and the Savior. Not a friend, not a sin, not a habit. Nothing between us. We're close. Was Jesus safe? He read his first scripture. He's in the synagogue and he reads that verse. The Spirit of the Lord hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, heal up the brokenhearted, the bruised, and so forth. He closed it and said, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. He said the prophet only came to one person the prophet's not accepted in his hometown. They got fired. They got upset. They took Jesus, age 30, brought him to the 
pinnacle of the city, got ready to push him off the cliff. And the Bible says, and he walked through them safe. Acts, excuse me, John chapter number 8, he heals a blind man. The Bible said they picked up stones to stone him. Excuse me, uh, the woman caught in adultery. They picked up stones to stone him. Chapter 9, verse 1. He walked through the crowd and says, I need to heal this blind man. God protected Jesus while he was here on earth. He protected him from a storm and so forth. Quickly, let me give you two more and we're out of time. Where is safety? Here it is. By learning God's name. By learning God's name. Oftentimes what the Lord did in Scripture was this. He would take someone through a valley and then he would say, by the way, my name is. You remember Abraham? Take your son's life. And a, a ram came up the hill. He used him. He said, by the way, my name is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord shall provide. Moses sees a fire in a bush and God calls him. He said, oh, by the way, my name is I am that I am. So every time you go into a valley, God says, hey, here's what my name is. Here's how you get to know me. He has 256. So about the time you say, how many valleys am I going to go through if you're less than 256? <laughs> but every time you're learning his name, he says, the Lord's name is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are safe. You wonder why in the Lord's prayer that's mentioned, our Father, which art in heaven, you know the next part, hallowed be thy name. Why does he put that in the Lord's prayer? And he says, I want you to include this in your prayers every day. Because every day he wants us to take a moment and realize how big he is. How great he is. You are the, just go through the alphabet. You're the amen. You're my advocate. You're the Adam. You're the anointed. You're the builder. You're the bright morning star. You're the bridegroom. See, you're the captain of the Lord of hosts. You're the comforter. You're the door. You're the deliverer. You start reminding yourself of some of God's names, you're going to feel real safe. You're going to feel real safe. Safety is in the Lord's name. My dad, years ago, learned his name was Savior. And that's the first name you ever want to learn about God. Yeah, he's your creator. He made you. But if he's not your Savior, you don't get to spend eternity with him. My dad lived a very dark life. We never understood it till later it unfolded. But just as a kid, he was not home much. He was always chasing money. The new job, he'd have, he'd have five jobs per year, every year. Here's the new deal. I'm going to make money doing this. And he said, I just can't work at a plant for 30 years. I can't do it. And so dad will be home a week, going a month, home a month, going three months. So he ended up, got arrested, and counterfeiting, charged for a lot of things. He did his probation. He got out. House arrest for I don't know how many months. And he testified in 20 trials against the mob or the mafia. 
and he put those guys in prison 10 to 20 years each. He was the only witness. I still have a letter in my office from the Secret Service saying, thank you for cracking these cases. We know you put your life on the line. We know there was a $3 million hit on you to prevent you from testifying. Thank you for showing courage. And, you know, it was quite a story. So dad's out of prison now. But still, he always... He always had to look over his shoulder. Because after 10 years, some of those guys are now out of prison. One of the men swore, he said, the day I get out of jail, I'm killing Tom Ray. FBI went to the house to question him. There was a shootout. He died on his porch. And so dad is in a restaurant. and you know, I never understood it. Dad would always find the corner and sit with his back. <laughs> and it seemed like he'd always back his car into the, the parking spot for a quick getaway. You know, I never understood all this. I said, Dad, why are you sitting this way? He said, in case the fighting breaks out. So he's in the restaurant. I wasn't with him. He told me the story later. Halfway through the meal, he looks up. And there's one of his old partners in crime. Sitting on the other side of the restaurant who he had put in prison for 10 years. The guy stood up. He spotted my dad. My dad had nowhere to run. And the guy started walking toward my dad. Walked all the way to his table. And I'll finish that story tonight. <laughs> he walked all the way up to the table. He leaned over. He said, Tom... My dad just looked up. Five years ago, I'd have blown your head off. But I got saved. I accepted the Lord in prison. And my dad said, <laughs> My dad said, I did too. Safety is of the Lord. The greatest safety you can feel if you're not a child of God, if you're not 100% sure you're saved and going to heaven. The moment you receive Christ as Savior, doesn't mean you'll never have a flat tire. Doesn't mean you'll never have a dangerous situation. But the big one, it's settled. You got a mansion in heaven. You got your reservation in. I don't know where you are now. There's a lot of fearful people, a lot of things to make us fearful, wonder if we're safe. Let's just kind of get as close to the Lord as we can and nestle under his wings. Get so close, we can almost feel him touch us and you'll be glad. And I want to say this to the parents. Someone's got to give security to our kids. If we're a nutcase scared of every little creek and every little noise, what are they going to be like? Someone's got to give them security. I'll finish with this. I won't tell the whole story with three brothers in Louisiana years ago and 
Their father died. The mother shot him. Then the mother was arrested. Made the news that night. I rushed to the house. and All three boys were sitting on that couch. Their dad was taken out by the morgue. Mother was taken out by the police. What do you say? They just lost both parents. I walked in and just kind of looked at the ground. One of those brothers, they were all junior high. He said, Brother Mike, are we going to be okay? We're going to be okay? By faith, I said, you're going to be okay. Safety is of the Lord. All three of those boys went to Bible college and graduated. Safety is of the Lord. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine.